0: Hi, everybody. My name is Julia, and this is the Life After Breath podcast. Today is Talk It Out Tuesday, where we talk about all the things, all of them. Okay, well, maybe not all of them, but we are going to chat and figure out the best ways to help us all find complete wellness and what that even means. We'll explore that and figure out what it means for you so that you can go kick ass and live the life of your dreams. Are you ready? Let's go. everybody it is talk it out tuesday here we are again (laughs) how's your week been um i thought that um actually there's something i really want to talk about that i remember it was earlier this year that like it was kind of a huge epiphany for me and it's developed a bit and kind of gotten a little woo-woo um and we can talk about that too but i you know like i told you my story last week and it was very um you know, my journey started with this nutrition program that, again, while I started for mindfulness, it was a nutrition program. And by eating properly, by eating regularly, by, you know, eating the right amounts of protein and getting all my nutrients and vitamins and minerals and everything, that kind of allowed me to get into a place of... um Yeah, allowed like it freed up my brain, as I mentioned. It cleared up that mental fog and I was able to make more conscious decisions. And um And that obviously included my nutrition, but it also allowed me to see things a little bit differently. Because as you start to make more conscious decisions, you start to become aware of what you actually want, right? And so that's where I started getting into a little bit of a conundrum because one of the things that my coach was asking me from the beginning was, what do you want? Why are you doing this? What is your reason why? You hear people say that so much. Now, I don't think I'd heard it very much um, before I started this program, and then started coaching the program, asking people, and now I hear it all the time, what's your why? What's your why? You know, I ask my clients, like, why do you want to lose this weight? And if it's to fit into a dress, fantastic, you know, okay, great. That's that's, That's a fine why. That's going to take you so far. But if you actually go to why is losing weight or why is getting healthy or why is taking back control of your life important to you, what, why, when you can find the answer to that question, then now you have a very strong kind of tangible thing to hold on to when your old habits arise. I'm not even going to say when temptation arises. I'm going to say when old habits rear their heads, you have this this reason why you're not going to fall back into those old habits or turn to those old habits because this other thing is so important to you. And that is really, really important. And so to understand your why, you have to know what you want, right? And my coach asked me a gajillion times, what do you want? And it's like, I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Okay. Well, why do you want it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I want. How can I know why I want it? Where I want to go? Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. How many times do people ask you those questions? Where do you want for dinner? I don't know. Usually people have a pretty good idea of what they want for dinner or what kind of birthday cake they want. And I realized that I have never... Well, at least in my adult life, <laughs> answered my mom, honestly, when she's asked me what kind of cake I want for my birthday. I use this example all the time. So if you know me, you've heard this. So forgive me. But I think it's a, it makes a very strong point in that like my mom would ask me what kind of birthday cake I wanted and I would ask who's coming because then I could look at the invitation list or, you know, the RSVP list, not that there were like scats of people coming, but like the group of people that were going to be there and I would be able to assess what kind of cake they would like. And that's what I would tell her I wanted. So it wasn't about what kind of cake I wanted. It was what was going to make other people happy. So another term that I hear thrown around a lot recently is people pleaser. Like I'm a people pleaser. That is absolutely true. I'm a recovering people pleaser. But I think, Honestly, I think most women are, but definitely a lot of people in this world are people pleasers. And um, we can get into that later. Um, what I, what I, the reason I bring that up is because I have since worked out that because of things that happened in my childhood, which I'm confident we'll get to, um, it was really important that I conform to the people in the room it was really important to me as a little girl. And because uh, my dad left when I was seven. Um, And honestly, I want to rephrase that. Because yeah, my mom left because my dad was a drug addict. And she saved us from a very toxic, very bad situation. She, She rescued us. And so we left. And that was fantastic. I can't say my dad left because he didn't. But he did in that he left us well before I was seven. And there are loads of stories wrapped around that, but I internalized that. And then there were other men in my life that left. And I remember learning this. I'm kind of digressing, but I, I remember learning this when I was 21 I was dating this guy, and I met him, and I was like, "Like he, I needed to get gas. It was so sweet. We were on our first date together, and I needed to get gas. So he followed me to the gas station to make sure I'd get there and get the gas okay. And he waited until I was done, and then he drove his way home, and I drove mine, and it was very sweet. And I remember watching him drive away, and I said out loud, Mom, I was alone in the car. I just met the man that I'm going to marry. And I knew that he was the one. Remember, I'm t- just barely 21. And he did not live close. And I drove forever to <laughs> to to, uh, to stay with him and to be with him and to date him. And he uh, went through the police academy while we were dating. And I remember the first or second week that he got home, he came like we got together after one of his classes and he said, we were just told today that if we were starting to date someone, we needed to break up with them. And I was like, what? And he goes, I'm not breaking up with you. He goes, but apparently all relationships end during these. this, like it's very hard for marriages to be sustainable during this academy because it takes up all of the, all. it's going to take up all of my time and everything and you're going to get mad and you're, you know, all these things, it's like horror stories that they prepare everybody for. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen to us. He goes, I'm not going to let that happen either. And it was great. And we got through the whole, we got through the whole police academy thing. And um, I had to work during his graduation, whatever. And then I think it was maybe a couple of weeks after that, we went and had a great day. I thought it was a great day. And we got back to his house and he's like, this isn't working. And I was like, what? And he was like, Julie, I don't know who you are anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm doing everything you want to do. He goes, that's exactly my point. You have become, you're not who you were when I started dating you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I blew it off and I was devastated. Like that was like one of the heartbreaks. I don't know if you've experienced this where I actually physically felt my heart hurt. Do you know what I mean? Because I, wow, I poured everything into that. But it was one of the biggest lessons I learned because I realized I conformed to him. I started doing the things he liked to do and stopped doing the things that I like to do. I started hanging around with his friends and completely neglected my friends. I started making the dinners and eating the foods that he liked to eat instead of, you know, maintaining who I was in this relationship. Now, obviously, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a relation, relationship therapist, but I can tell you that from my experience and what I believe relationships to be is there are two people and each person needs to maintain who they are and continue to grow in their lives and then also growing together. Now, I'm single. So, you know, who am I to say that? But that's what I believe and that's what I hope for in a relationship. And and this guy taught me that and and or at least planted the seeds for that. I have learned much more since then. But Um, I'll never forget that lesson. And I know now that I learned that so early on, that I needed to make sure that everyone in the room was taken care of. And I had to be the perfect little girl. And I had to be the perfect, because if I'm not perfect, they'll go away, they'll leave, I'll be alone, any of those things if I if if they get mad, okay, if you're mad, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How many times do you say sorry when you do something wrong? I find myself saying sorry at least five times. It's something I'm really working on. When I acquiesce, because I've gotten so much better about not saying I'm sorry. When I finally do say I'm sorry, though, if I really know that I've messed up, I must apologize five to seven, 10 times. And it's ridiculous. But It's such an ingrained thing for me because if I mess up, if I'm not either invisible or perfect, good enough, making sure that everybody's happy, then I, then they'll leave. Then they'll leave because I'm not worthy of love without that perfection. And so that is what my Six, seven eight year old little girl put into place to protect herself from people leaving. you know, nobody told me that ever. But that is what I learned. you know that's that, that's the protection that was put into place and that was practiced for 40 years. you know So that's why it's a little bit challenging to stop saying I'm sorry. So if you have some of those things, remember you've got 40 plus years of practice, or 30, or however old you are, years of practice from when you put those protections in place. So give yourself some grace as you start to dismantle them. But anyway, um, (laughs) all of these years of prioritizing everyone else and everyone else's needs and wants and making sure that everyone in the room is happy, I completely lost touch with me, with what I want. And it's, it's not, there's no right or wrong here. So let guilt be gone because that is absolutely not the point. We're not judging ourselves. We are observing and getting curious and learning and moving forward, making some changes, right? Changing those habits, changing those patterns. Um, And so... <laughs> It's interesting because I realized that's why I didn't know what I wanted. And so I struggled and struggled and struggled through this. I don't know what I want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Coming up with a why. I don't know. I just want to feel better. I don't And then I started to realize I didn't love myself. I didn't know myself because I'd always transformed myself into what I needed to be for the situation or for the person or for whatever, instead of being my true self. And so I say all of this because I was so out of touch with myself and with what I wanted that I don't know became the standard answer. I do my best now. I will never forget. I was talking to a dear friend of mine and I told him this story about the cake and he goes, okay, so here's your challenge. And it is a challenge that I've yet to meet. I'll be honest. When somebody asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, tell them you'll get back to them. Tell them that you need a minute. You need to think about that for a second. You know, you don't have to answer, like your mom asks you what kind of cake you want. Tell her, hang on, I'm not sure. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to need to get back to you. Well, part of me cringes to that idea because now I'm holding them up. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? Because that's me wanting to be perfect and have an answer right away. But that's not the point, right? The point is, take that time for yourself. You don't have to answer questions right away. Tell them you need a minute. So, I wonder if you can take his challenge because I struggle to do that still. But I have challenged myself in or by saying, I'm not going to say I don't know anymore. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. People ask you a question. It's like, I don't know. And instead of saying that, I say, let me think about it. So I guess I have met his challenge just in a little bit different way. Or I'll say, I do know this. It's just going to take me a minute. You know, those types of things. Or I'm not sure. So I need to think about it. Things like that. And then I was talking to a wonderful woman. Um, and one of the things I, I told her, I was like, I never know what I want. I don't know what I want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And we broke it down some more. And she actually helped me figure out that like, here's this, this child who doesn't, you know, who's put these protections in place. And, um and then what she said to me was start small, start small. Start in your breathing practice, which is the whole point of me talking about this. So we'll get there. But she said in the morning, go to your closet. Don't just put on your clothes. How often we just like grab an outfit and go to work or we have something that we set out the night before because we pulled it out. But there's not a whole lot of thought. Go into your closet and look at everything in there and say to yourself, what do you want to wear today? And answer the question instead of just grabbing something. What do you want to wear? It sounds so trite and ridiculous, but it's, sometimes it's hard because I look at my closet. I'm like, what do I want to wear? Normally, I just, well, well this will work, you know, kind of thing. What do you want to wear? And start there and then grow and continue to ask yourself more questions and, and challenge yourself to, to stop saying, I don't know. And then the other thing that is, I promised we'd get back to this. That has been monumental in me connecting to myself and therefore discovering more of what I want is through my breathing practice. And the reason why I bring this up is because I told you my story um, last week and I told you like how like my weight loss journey and like the mental health and the spiritual health and reconnecting. And yes, I got into yoga and I got into some meditation, but why breathing? Why this breath work? And I I it's it's really kind of it's a little challenging for me to pinpoint what it is. Um, there's all kinds of science behind it, and I'm working on getting that information so that I can speak a little about it a little bit more like educationally. but for me, what breathing my breathing practice has done is really allowed me to connect to myself and uh, a woman named Rebecca Campbell has some amazing um workshops and things like that, that I highly recommend. Um, but she has, uh, she's in one of her workshops that I took, she said something about living a spirit led life or a, a soul led life. And for me, what that meant was being in touch with myself, with my inner being, which I believe is directly a connection to the universe, God, spirit, whatever, fill in what works for you there. That is what resides inside of me, my inner being. And so being in touch with that, being in touch with my inner being and making sure that 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 is what Leads my life. Though, that is where my decision making comes from is truly being in touch with myself to be able to make the decisions that I want to in my life, to be led from one choice to the next, from, you know, going to this grocery store versus that grocery store, from all of those things. Instead of letting outside influences of in this world make our decisions for us or influence our decisions. I mean, let's be just as honest as we can with ourselves. My story aside, how often are you influenced by the people around you? And I have a great example for this. How many movies, can, can you name even a movie where a, a woman gets broken up with, where she doesn't eat a pint of ice cream or a whole bunch of chocolate or drown herself with Chinese food or alcohol? That's training. We are influenced that we and we feel terrible about something, we turn to food and alcohol and chocolate and sweets, you know? I can't tell you how many of my clients tell me that they can't stay on their programs or stay stick to their nutrition when they're menstruating because they have to have chocolate. Because that's what they've trained themselves to do. That's what we have been influenced as a society to know that that equals chocolate. Do you know what I mean? So, but that is being influenced by the outside. And so I realized, like, I remember reading that and just thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. What would it be like to start making my decisions and living my life being led by my inner voice, making choices based on what I actually want and believe and know to be true, instead of being influenced by the people, even the people that I love in my life they get to live their lives. I get to live mine. And I get to live mine through what I want. And I need to know who I am and be in touch with who I am in order to do that. And that's why I breathe. And that's why I start my mornings off with breath because I'll be honest with you, there are times when I don't and I absolutely notice a difference, 100%. There are two things that I try to make sure that I do every single day. And one of them is my breath work. And one of them is going outside. And sometimes that's a challenge. Like it's been, it was really cold here the last couple of days and there were, and I was slammed. And so there were a couple of days where I didn't go outside. And that third day when I went outside, it was like, I literally stood there with my arms raised. <laughs> I'm such a freak. I'm so glad my neighbors don't care. That's one of the reasons I love living in New York is you can be a freak and nobody cares. Um, but truly like take the time. I hope that you're joining me for a daily breath. But if not, take some time to breathe. And as you breathe, just like you know, clear your mind. And that is a practice. It's not going to happen right away. I, your, your thoughts will interrupt you. Your mind will wander, and that's okay. That's normal. You have a brain, therefore, that's going to happen. But I want to encourage you to take that time to breathe. And the more you do it, the more you practice it. Not only the the easier will it be, but also the more in tune with yourself you're going to be. And it seems silly, but trust me, don't look for anything. Don't expect some great aha or this great big miracle or like this lightning bolt, you know, decision or um, like answer to come to you necessarily. It literally is just a practice of breathing. And you know what? I also started saying to myself, I'm listening, I'm listening because I didn't for so many years. I didn't listen to what I wanted. I shut that little girl down, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make sure that I'm living a soul-led, a spirit-led, a me-led life without the influences of society, of my previous generations, or any of those things dictating that. And I highly recommend that you try to do the same Again, please, please, please know that it's a practice. It is still a struggle for me, you know, but that's why I do it every day is because wouldn't it be awesome if somebody asks you a question and you're like, this is what I want and this is why and this is when and this is what I'm going to do, you know, not just because you're confident enough to do that, but because you know deep down this is what I'm doing. This is what is best for me and my life and maybe not taking into consideration what might be best for the person next to you. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, I feel like I've gone on and on and on about this, but I thought it was important to talk a little bit about why I breathe and where my breath practice came from um, because that's really it. It's just... A major opportunity. Yes, breathing actually does bring me calm and peace and reduces stress and provides a giant space between reaction and and response, which we will definitely talk a lot about. Um, but my breath work actually helps me continue to stay in tune with myself, which is vital for me to live my life the way I want to. So I want to challenge you this week And I would love to hear back from you about whether or not you took this challenge. But um, it's like there's three different challenges running through my head. I want to challenge you to stop saying, I don't know. Look, Pay attention to what happens when you say, I don't know. And then you take it back and say, hang on, I do know. Give me a second. It's just another way for us to take back our lives and live the lives that we want. Okay? Go kick some ass this week. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Julia again. Listen, I am so glad you're here. And I was thinking if you're enjoying this as much as I am, you should definitely check out the Life After Breath community Facebook group. We are building an amazing community there with loads of extra content and some very special bonuses coming soon. And don't forget, you can always find me on your favorite social media platforms at Julia Christine Health. I hope to see you there, but I'll definitely see you here tomorrow.